If you started an email marketing course a couple of years ago, but now there are different digital marketing channels that are relevant and exciting, you know, evolve your course so that it walks that path. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. It's time for episode 61 of the email marketing podcast, the Method Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover a whole bunch of stuff, really cool stuff that's going to help you just make more money in your business. Today, it's going to be the five pillars of building a course that sells with Frank Viciano from Udemy. Now, Udemy is a, a website that allows anyone, young or old, experienced or new or anyone, right, to create a course. And they have some great software that they use. Now, you can go and create, a, you know, obviously a, an information product on your own, do an ebook, do a video course, things like that, and that's fine. But uh, you can also do it on Udemy, and they've got a ton of great uh, features in their software, including some analytics, which if you're doing videos, will tell you which videos are performing well and which aren't, because you can look at the engagement on each video. It's a really cool piece of software. But anyway, I didn't bring Frank on today to talk about Udemy specifically, though Udemy is obviously a big part of it. I brought him on to talk about what sort of courses work really well, right? Because here's the thing. He's seen, I think Udemy has millions of customers, right? So Frank here, he manages uh, the, 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 the content. He's the content director. He kind of manages the supply side of the marketplace. So this is all the courses, the people who are teaching. So he gets to see, he sees all the courses that come through and he has a great idea of what works and what doesn't. So that's why I thought I'd get him on. We talk about the five pillars of building a course that sells five things that you need to focus on. Whether you're going to do this course on Udemy or another site like it, like CourseShare or uh, you know, your own website. However you're going to do it, you need to focus on these five things. Right, so we're going to talk about these very interesting stuff. To get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 61. Now, this week's McMaster's Insight of the Week is this. Make the initial memory more vivid using mnemonics, emotions, or drawings. Telling stories is a perfect way to do this. That's from Michael Smith. What's up, Michael? Hope you're doing well today. Now, McMaster's is a paid membership community that I have. I'll tell you a bit about that in a second. But first, I want to explain this a little bit more. Michael posted a thread in the forum about, uh, I think it was a scientific study on, on mnemonics and how the brain basically processes information, how you can leverage some of how the brain works in neuroscience to basically get better results with your marketing. And the idea is that, let's say I'm learning a language and uh, I'll, I'll use Thai as an example because I'm in Thailand. One of the characters... It doesn't look anything like a chicken, but it means, you know, the, the representation with the letter is uh, it's, a, it's a chicken, right? And when I look at this letter and then I think chicken, and then I think, well, I've got this, you know, the letter's got a bit of a beak, a bit of a pointy part, which could almost be a, a bird's beak, right? And then I, in my mind, I, I look at that letter and then I think chicken with a beak. And then I look at the, this little pointing thing in the letter. What that's, that's creating is a bit of a story or a mnemonic, as they're called. Uh, or a, a word picture in my head of what that is. So next time I see that letter, I'm going to think chicken. I'm going to like, oh, that's what it means. Okay? Now, the equivalent of doing this with emails is telling stories. Instead of just saying uh, empathy, right, is important. You know, one of the best things about marketing is you've got to have empathy. Is it it'd be much better, right, to tell a story about a time when I was, uh, you know, I met someone for the first time. Uh, we met at, say, a bar, as you, you always meet people. And... Um, they spent a whole bunch of time just asking me questions, getting to know me. I was really surprised because most people just want to talk, whereas this person just really um, got to know me, asked me lots of questions and really tried to understand you know, where I was coming from, how I thought. And uh, it was really 
enjoyable. And then when they started sharing more about themselves after that, they shared it in the context. I was very obvious because I was a marketer. So I could see they were sharing what they felt and what they thought about the world in the context of what I just shared. And and I really felt that they had a lot of empathy for me, for what situation I'd been through. Um, They really understood me, right? And that's that's a great example of how empathy is important. You know, it makes me think, it makes me feel understood, it makes me feel loved, it makes me feel appreciated, right? And that's why empathy is important. And that's why you should buy the McIntyre method because you're going to get a template that allows you to go and survey, you know, a fill in the blank template. Go and survey your people, your prospects, they fill it out, and you're going to be able to get some great insight into who they are and what they do and what they care about. You're going to develop this empathy and you're going to make them feel understood and appreciated. And guess what? When they feel understood and appreciated, whose product are they going to buy? Okay, so what I did there is I told a story, and this was just completely on the fly. This is not an email, might be a bad example, but completely on the fly, that was the story. I led it into a pitch for the McIntyre method. So instead of saying, you know, the, the classic thing is facts tell, stories sell. So instead of saying a fact, like empathy's good, tell a story about how empathy did something for me in my own life, and then link that to a pitch for the product, which is that, you know, you need empathy, but how do you do it? We need surveys. Well, how do you do surveys? Well, use my survey template, okay? Speakers. Conference presenters do this all the time. Instead of just getting up there and running off a list of facts, the good ones anyway, they'll get up there and they'll tell you a story and then give you a punchline, right? Jesus did this. The, the biggest, you know, this is why religions, uh, you know, religious leaders do this, is they, they have an idea of something, such as, you know, you should care for each other. And then they'll tell a story about, you know, the good Samaritan and different things like that, parables. So what you want to do is you want to use parables uh, to, to talk about your product. Instead of telling people, like, why your product is awesome, tell a story and then lead into, use that as a, uh, a parable for why your, your product is the best, okay? This is a little bit, Hooky. It's a bit hard to explain sometimes. Uh, you can actually learn about this in um, Stories That Sell, which is one of the products you get when you join McMaster. So, uh, quick note on McMaster it's a paid membership community. You get the McIntyre method, Stories That Sell, uh, Pages That Convert, basically a whole bunch of video training, which is going to help you, uh, you know, learn how to write emails, learn how to tell stories in those emails, learn how to create landing pages, and uh, this kind of thing. It's all organized in a, a very straightforward format. And there's also a forum where you can ask questions. I'm in this forum every day. I reply to every thread. So, you get direct access to me and access to the other members in there as well who are all doing basically you all have traffic you all you know uh, trying to set up an order just want to make more sales okay very simple i uh, would love to see you in there now uh, reviews reviews help spread the word you know if, if you're enjoying the show if you're getting a lot out of it and uh, if you've got some good results in your business i'd love to hear about them and the best place to let me know about those results and spread the word is to go to itunes search for the mcmethod email marketing podcast leave me a review Right, and send me, send me an email too to john at dropdeadcopy.com or john at themcmethod.com and uh, you know, let me know that you left the review. I'd love to hear from you and find out what's, uh, you know, where you're at, what's going through your own life. Uh, we've got one list of questions and then we'll get into this final interview with Frank Viciano. How do you weave a story into professional services B2B emails? Now, this is a good question because B2B can be a little bit, uh, people think it's a lot more serious. Uh, you know, you can't tell stories. You can't be too flippant because, you know, you might come across as unprofessional. But the point about stories here is that you don't want to, the point isn't to be unprofessional or to or to seem like you casual and flippant, you know, flippant, I guess. The point is that stories are just how we communicate as people. And if you go to a business conference or the business speaker, if he's a good speaker, he's going to be using stories. He's going to be telling stories about this and that. And like I said, the parable thing, he's going to be telling parables and running into a punchline. 
doing that over and over and over again. So can you do this with B2B emails without coming across as unprofessional? Of course, right? You can come across as professional. So, I mean, you could just, because basically the thing about you're not selling to businesses, you're selling to people, right? Whether it's the CEO in that business or, uh, you know, it's someone in the marketing department or whatever department that uh, you're selling to people. So what you really want to figure out is who are these people and what do they care about and what's the sort of things running through their head and what stories could you tell them? And then you just write an email with a story. It doesn't still make it professional. Obviously, you've got to write, write for the audience, but don't be afraid to tell stories. I mean, try it. Tell a story about the, the, that's you know an experience that maybe your person's had over and over and over again. Maybe maybe there's so, there's so much competition in this industry that they are so sick of getting hounded by boring, drab emails about people's products or services, these spamming emails. And you're like, that's why we don't do that. We actually talk about stories. You can tell a story about the stories. A lot of different ways to do this. I think it would take a little while to, to actually frame this up into a, uh, a big thing. But the main thing I want you to get is that you can, can you write stories for uh, B2B? Yes. Uh, can, you, can you do it without being unprofessional? Absolutely. Okay. Best thing, just give it a try. Worst case scenario is you uh, make a few mistakes, you know, and then you try again and try again and try again. Anyway, that's it for now. Let's get into this interview with Frank Fisciano and talk about the five pillars of building a course that sells. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Frank Viciano from Udemy. Now, uh, Frank is the uh, director of content partnerships at Udemy. So what he's doing is uh, over there is, is basically managing and taking care of the supply side of the marketplace. So this is uh, people who are, I think it's buying courses and, and selling courses. And he's working with all of them to make sure that there's tons and tons of courses available so that when you or I go to udemy.com looking for a course on paid traffic, you know, I just started a course on Udemy on that uh, last week, uh, a course on anything, that the course is going to be there. So that, that's what he's doing. And what I wanted to do is bring him on today to talk about uh, the five stages to building a course that sells. So that's a bit of a, uh, a bit of a hook there. You know, we'll just put together right now. And the idea is that because Frank's seen so many different courses that are going through Udemy, uh, he's got a very good grasp of what works and what doesn't. So when you know, when you uh, as a business owner, as a marketer, or a freelancer, when you sit down and you want to create a course, an information product, so you can create some of that lifestyle, that automated income. There are some things that you should do and some things you really, really shouldn't. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, how to basically build an awesome kick-ass course. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Frank, how are you doing today, man? Good. Good to meet you, John. Absolutely. Nice to meet you too, man. Good to have you on the show. I'm very glad to be here and uh, excited to talk about online courses and Udemy's marketplace, some of my favorite things. Cool. All right, before we do that, before we talk about that stuff, give uh, the listener a bit of a background on, on who you are and what you're doing over at Udemy and maybe a bit of a background, quick background too on what Udemy is as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the very quick version of Udemy is that uh, we're an online education marketplace. Um, we focus primarily on on-demand, video-based education content. Uh, so basically online courses that anyone in the world anywhere can teach and anyone in the world anywhere can consume. So we've got at this point in time about 9,000 instructors of all different types teaching uh, 16,000 courses that range from digital marketing, as you mentioned, to uh, office productivity, to, to yoga, um, or even programming. And they're teaching those courses to about uh, 3 million students in 190 countries around the world. So a big, diverse marketplace that's growing very quickly. Uh, my particular role is to focus on the supply side. So I work with instructors, uh, whether they're individuals or you know, universities, digital publishers, NGOs, nonprofits, you name it. Anyone who's an expert can teach on Udemy. And my job is to help make them uh, very successful in doing so. 
nice, man. And so I'm curious, what sort of capacity do you work with these guys? Are you, you know, giving them tips, giving them advice on what to do and how to market the course? I mean, how much, what sort of stuff, what goes into if I'm to, you know, fire up a course on Udemy? Obviously, I've got to create the course and put it together. But what sort of other stuff, what sort of other challenges am I going to have on, say, Udemy to get it up and running? Yeah, so, you know, the, the truth is that the recipe for success on Udemy does vary. And so we think of our role as, you know, basically to be Sherpas for you guys as you go through the process of creating your course. And that means, you know, first things first, understanding what your objectives are, understanding where you're starting. So, you know, we have folks that come to us like uh, Pearson or Fitch, who are big publishers who have lots of content everywhere. For them, it's a a question of translating their existing content into something that's optimized for Udemy and that's going to do well in the marketplace. We also have individuals who are freelancers or just experts in their own profession who are passionate and want to share that expertise with the world whether because they want to help a student in India or Uganda learn their topic that they're just really fired up about, or um, they're somebody who actually wants to monetize that expertise and make a lot of money selling their course on Udemy. Um, That person is going to need a lot of different resources. So we kind of help you start and and figure out exactly where you're starting, map your course through the, the production uh, stages, introduce you to a community of thousands of other instructors who are doing this right alongside you. And then ultimately just get your course polished up and, and ready to move in the marketplace. Cause this is, you know, at the end of the day, an e-commerce marketplace that's competitive. And, you know, we want to kind of make sure you're successful in that. And once that's all done and dusted, the nice part of being a part of the community is that you get to learn from all of the tricks and, and tactics that are working for those thousands of other instructors and it's our job to kind of distill that information down and, and deliver it to you in a way that's actionable. Fantastic. Okay. One thing I just want to point out here is that uh, for the listener is that this applies, what we're going to talk about is it obviously applies on Udemy. But uh, the reason why I think this is interesting is that I think a lot of this applies to just building courses in general, whether you're putting them on Udemy or another site like it, or just on your own website, that what makes a great course that's really going to sell, really going to help people and really going to be successful and make money is that there are some fundamentals here. So uh, let's get into that. So let's talk about these five stages to building a course that sells. The best way to do this is, uh, I mean, we can just work through the stages. So what's, uh, let's talk about what's stage one? Yeah. So um, stage one in the process, uh, when you're looking to build a course and and in particular kind of an online course here is the planning stage. And I think there are a couple different dimensions that, that go into the planning stage that often get overlooked. And they come back to, to bite you in the behind later in the process when you're in the marketplace. So the, the first thing that I think about is whether you're thinking about a free course that you just want to get a ton of traffic on or a paid course, the bottom line is your course is your product and your students are your customers. So you need to approach the planning phase in exactly that fashion. Think of this as the early stage brainstorming of launching a product. And the first question you have to ask yourself is, who is your audience and what value are you going to put in front of them? And one way I like to to think through this is if you were to um, kind of be an old school marketer and you were launching a, a consumer product out into the market, the first thing that somebody would tell you is, all right, what's your positioning statement, right? So this gets into how you think through your topic selection for your course. If you just go in and you're relatively flat and, and uh, simple about it, you could say, I would like to teach Microsoft Excel. That'll get you started. But if you want to be truly successful, what you need to do is you need to put together a positioning statement that marries the topic you want to teach, the attributes of value that the course is going to deliver, 
and the audience that you would like it to serve. And so the way to think of expanding that I'd like to teach Microsoft Excel course would be to say, I would like to teach Microsoft Excel to busy working professionals with no prior experience who would like to become advanced users of pivot tables for the accounting function. That gets super specific, but what it also means is that the value proposition that you're going to deliver to a very specific audience is the first thing that you set on the table before you take another step down the process. Right. right. So what we're talking about here is like a, a unique selling proposition where let's say I'm Joe Smith and I go to Udemy and I'm looking for a, an Excel course and uh, I happen to be in that target market. I'm going to be looking for a course that caters specifically to me. So if I can't find one, then I'll just pick any old one. But if I saw a course with that tagline or that positioning statement, as you called it, it's an absolute no-brainer to take that course. Um, I think this, and this is like a, just a fundamental tactic or a strategy of marketing. You have to do this, not just for products, but everything that you do. When you're trying to connect with the marketplace or connect with a person, the more specific you can be about who you are and what you do and who you serve, the better the results you're going to get. Absolutely. And you know, for that topic that I pointed out, Microsoft Excel, that happens to be one of Udemy's uh, most popular and, and successful topics. And one of the, the pitfalls that we see is when people think about online courses, the instinct is to be as broad as possible and as generic as possible so that you appeal to a wide audience. But in practice, in any competitive marketplace, that's a real good recipe for getting lost in the shuffle. So we always recommend that before somebody actually starts to tackle their curriculum and actually map out their course, they have a really clear, specific understanding of who they are and who their audience is and, and how they want their course to deliver something to them. Okay. This is partly why I call myself, I go around calling myself as the autoresponder guy. That was something I put together, it was about a year ago, and I realized that I was doing all email marketing marketing for people. But instead of just being a copywriter, which is tons of copywriters out there, I thought I'm going to be the autoresponder guy and position myself as just that guy. I was just going to do that. I was still going to do sales letters and other, you know, other advertising stuff, but I was going to position myself as the autoresponder guy. And since doing that, since holding myself in and going real narrow and tight, everything, everything's really taken off. I mean, because people get it. It's a really simple message that people can pass on. And my advice to anyone, whether you know it's for a course or just in their business, that niche down, like go real tight. And and I mean, this podcast is a good example. I call it an email marketing podcast, but really it's just about marketing. And today we're talking about courses. I don't always have to talk about email marketing or, or autoresponders or anything like that. I can talk about anything that might appeal to someone who might be interested in autoresponders, which is the entire sales funnel. So niching down doesn't necessarily mean that you have to... Uh, keep your focus really tight. It's, it's more of a marketing statement. I think it's really important. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I actually love the idea of, of course creation as a part of, of your marketing podcast, because at the end of the day, creating an online course is becoming a, an integral pillar of you, whether it's a personal or a professional content marketing strategy. It's a way to grow an audience. It's a way to grow your personal brand. It's kind of a pillar of your, your overall marketing strategy. You might be an individual or a company, um, but we have a lot of different use cases where we see folks using courses to do customer education or courses to do partner education. Um, in fact, that was how I found Udemy was I was working for a startup and I was trying to figure out a more efficient way to deliver partner training online. So um, when you think about it that way and you think about this as a piece of your content strategy, then it makes a whole lot of sense um, that you need to focus and be very specific as you approach it. Hmm. It's very much like uh, in Dan Kennedy, some of these old school marketers talk about it where you know you want to go and write a few books. You know, figure out a couple of books because if you can write a best-selling book in your uh, in your market, in your niche, and this is the same thing as like creating a course on Udemy or, or any of these different things, 
you're positioning, you're selling it and you're making money, but you're also positioning yourself as the authority in that industry. Absolutely. It's, it builds your own credibility and it builds your audience around that, that topic. So it makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Okay. What's, uh, what's number two in the five stages? Yeah. So um, number two in the five stages is production. Um, so, you know, for a video based course, obviously this is going to look and feel very different from if you were building an in-person course or if you were building another one. Um, but what I would say is that for Udemy's version of quality, which is all about an online on demand experience where students can take the course anywhere, the things to think through here, I would put basically three main things to pay attention to. Uh, one is these are video based courses. So while you may have a lot of different additional supplementary material, links, spreadsheets, um, all different activities, quizzes, things to drive engagement. At the end of the day, the first most visible version of quality is the quality of the video and the quality of the audio that you're putting in front of your customer. So you want to make sure that that's nice and crisp. Um, it's absolutely possible to get exceptionally high quality video uh, from an iPhone or, or just a smartphone generally these days. So it can be done if you pay close attention to how to do it. And actually on our site, we have lots of recommendations on how to do it on the cheap. Um, you can also get great quality audio from a you know, pretty inexpensive mic and a pretty inexpensive setup. But one of the things that we see very highly correlated with engagement is just the, the crispness of, of production quality. Um, the, the one other thing that I just add in there when you think about production is, you know, the world is changing very quickly. The idea of an online course wasn't something that really existed very long ago and certainly wasn't something that was in the common vernacular for everybody to consider doing for themselves. The idea of mobile uh, enabled and mobile optimized online courses is the next step. So Udemy has an iPhone and an Android app. And actually about 30% of our course consumption happens on mobile. So when you're actually in the process of doing the production, whether you're doing that in your basement on the cheap or you're working with a professional company, making sure that you're thinking about your uh, course as something that's going to be this dynamic, ongoing, uh, living, breathing thing that is going to grow up and start to be increasingly consumed on mobile um, will help you think about it a little bit differently. Hmm. I got a course right now. It's a video course. It's not on Udemy, but uh, the, the quality of it is, uh, you know, I basically got a point and click digital camera and put it on a, a, a little stand. It's called the Macintyre method. And uh, yeah, put it on a stand and sat down by my desk and, and just recorded a bunch of videos on email autoresponders and how I do them. And uh, so the, and there was no special mic. There was no, nothing high tech about it. I just like back when I did that course, I wanted to get it out as quickly as possible, almost just so I didn't stall. So I, I just got it done. And uh, quite a, you know, quite a lot of people seem to, seem to get a lot out of it. But it seems like what you're saying is that if I took the time to really get some high quality audio and high quality video on there, the results would be even better. I think that's right. I think um, what we see is that having you know, a crisp production doesn't have to be expensive, but it does improve the overall ex uh, student's experience. And when you think about this in the context of putting a course out into a marketplace that's really competitive, having that crisp production is going to help drive your conversion and having a good solid student experience where the student feels like uh, they actually got good value out of it, both the content, but also the experience is going to drive repurchase. So, you know, investing a little bit up front pays big dividends on the back end. And, you know, my guess is making a little bit of polished investment on that production up front is going to be really valuable. Okay. Okay. Now I've seen, I have a friend 
I never used it myself. He has a, I think it's a Samsung S2 or S3. I find this stuff fascinating. But he, he had a lab mic. You know, those little tiny little mics you clip on your shirt. Now, from what I hear, I haven't done this myself yet, but I can plug a little lab mic into my iPhone, fire up the, so the video app, and get the high-quality videos with great sound. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, we, we actually list on our site um, kind of the latest and greatest mics that we, Udemy, are using uh, but also our instructor community is using. And those range from ones that, you know, could cost you 50 bucks to ones that could cost you, you know, $1,500. Um, you can get great quality in all of those different scenarios. It's all about kind of setting up the right environment and just making sure that you're doing a good job of uh, being crisp on it and exporting it correctly. So, you know, a good resource is is uh, some of the knowledge-based articles on udemy.com. There's also a community of folks, but this doesn't have to be expensive. You can definitely do it on the cheap. Okay. What's the what's the link? Well, I'll have a link in the show notes to this, but uh, just in case anyone, no one goes to the site, what's the link to those some of those uh, articles? Do you have a, like a rough, is it udemy.com slash knowledge base? So? Yeah, so if you, if you go to udemy.com uh, slash support, uh, you'll be able to find some of those, but um, that's that's kind of the main hub. The other place you could find it is uh, there's a Facebook group called the Udemy Studio, and that's where 20,000 uh, Udemy experts who are creating courses simultaneously all talk about the best tools that they use to um, create their courses. So they'll tell you the cheapest camera you can get, the best bang for your buck, same thing for audio. Fantastic. Okay. So that's planning, that's production. What's stage number? What's, what's stage three? So stage three is polish. Um, and for us, what this really means is starting to think about how your course is going to be presented in the marketplace. So at this point, you have basically planned your course, you chose your topic, and you made sure it was differentiated. You built out your curriculum, and based on that curriculum, you produced your course. You've got great audio, great video. You've now assembled it into a course, and what you need to start to think about is what's the marketing copy look like? What's the face of this course to the market. And this is where if you spent time up front on that marketing positioning statement, you have a really good sense of exactly who your intended audience is, who uh, you want to take your course and what they're going to get out of it. So that'll flow very naturally into the, the personality and copy you reflect on the actual landing page. Um, it'll help you think through what course requirements you have, what learning objectives you might want to communicate to the audience. Um, but I think having a very polished landing page is important, particularly, again, on a marketplace, because it's where people will make their decision of whether or not they want to purchase your course. And so we actually spend a lot of time working directly with instructors to help them polish that landing page, both to be optimized for the student experience on Udemy, to draw traffic from external SEO uh, through Google, um, and, and other uh, kind of different channels. Okay, so what we're really talking about here is the uh, the sales page on the Udemy website. So this is, uh, what are you finding? I mean, a course creators, are they writing these sales pages themselves? Do you have recommendations for copywriters? Or, I mean, how and, and how in-depth are people going? Are they writing, say, a thousand words or two thousand words on the, uh, on the, on the course page? What's, what sort of stuff works to make this, um, what makes this work really well? Yeah, that's, it's a great question. So most of our instructors will uh, create their own course landing page. So they'll create the course description and the instructor bio uh, that are kind of the two anchor elements for your course landing page. I'd say the, the main ingredients that you want to have in your course description to make it a really successfully converting one are, you know, basically, again, all those elements of, of the value that you're providing. So who are you as an instructor? Why are you a credible expert on this particular topic? And why is taking a course from you going to be something that's actually exciting and valuable to the student? 
Next thing is what's the topic and what's the use case for the skills that you're going to get out of this topic? So that's linking together the learning objective that the student's going to have. What are they going to be able to do at the end of this course that they couldn't do beforehand? Again, a lot of online course creation is about developing a course that delivers on a skills uh, acquisition goal for many students. They come to Udemy or they come to an online course to learn something concrete that they can put to work. What is that concrete thing that they're going to learn? having a sense of what the added bonuses are that are a part of this course. Are there extra quizzes? Are there live sessions with the instructor? Is it a community of students that are all debating topics? Those are all important attributes to mention. And then having uh, your kind of course requirements laid out in advance. Is this an advanced course where a prerequisite of taking a, another particular course is important? Or is this, you know, for dummies, for everybody who uh, can, can go ahead and take it right from scratch? So if you map out all of those things, you know, you may be looking at a course description that's somewhere in the 300 to 1,000 word range. And I think that's fine. You want to be succinct. You want to be crisp about really the value proposition. But you also want to recognize that some people will find your course through search. And so having, you know, a good amount of copy there doesn't hurt you too much in terms of SEO traffic. That sounds straightforward to me. What's stage number four? So stage number four is publishing. And what I would say is publishing and polishing to me are, are very linked. So uh, in Udemy's marketplace, we happen to have kind of a quality review process. We make sure that every single course that's uh, submitted to Udemy gets feedback from real live individuals. We give you feedback on you know, the overall structure of the course. We make sure that you're doing kind of some core things like differentiating, selling at production, establishing and exceeding expectations, and polishing your, your overall copy and your product. But one thing that we think about in the, the publish phase is is your online course should be a living, breathing thing. So when you put this out there, you're going to get feedback, whether it's from Udemy or it's from your students. So when we think about the publish phase, it's all about iteration. What are you learning from your students? Are you surveying your students? Are you getting great feedback from them? Are you learning which lectures are the most useful and the most engaging um, and which lectures maybe could use a little bit of work? And so it's all about kind of iterating and honing your product as something that you want to improve over time. One of the nice things about an online course is it should be really dynamic. And, you know, you're going to get a lot of information from your students. Make sure you feed that back into uh, your course to make it more powerful, better converting, better selling over time. Okay. Well, what some of those things that, like, let's say I put a course up there and, and uh, you know, it's been up there for a little while and it's all going pretty well. What sort of indicators am I going to get? Are these going to be blog comments or are people going to be emailing me? Or uh, and, then, and then when they do, do I have to redo the entire course or will I redo a video? I mean, how, how will I kind of get the information from the uh, customers and then how will I actually apply it into the uh, product? Yeah, it's a good question. In the, the Udemy ecosystem, we give our instructors um, some pretty powerful analytics about what their course engagement looks like. So we will tell them exactly which lectures have the highest engagement rates, where lectures are, where there's drop-offs, how students are doing on quizzes and aggregate all things like that. So those are pretty powerful. The other thing that we do is we set up a, a pretty transparent system for student communication, and that includes student reviews. So if I were to think about kind of the, the three main places that you should be looking as an instructor to try to make your course better, they would be listening to reviews, you know, what are students saying after they've taken your course? On Udemy, you'll see that in a very transparent way. If you're doing it elsewhere, survey your students after they've completed a lecture or completed the entire course. Find out what worked and what didn't and react to that. 
Um, the second place is looking at kind of trends in engagement or patterns. So if you find out that in a 10 lecture course, lecture three and lecture nine have four times the engagement of the rest of them, maybe you should actually take from that feedback that you should create a separate standalone course on those two really high value topics. Dig deep into those, for instance. Alternatively, if you see that lecture two has a really high drop off rate, think about tinkering with it, right? Do some A-B testing, do some thinking around, you know, a slight tweak with how you present the topic and see if you can actually drive engagement up over time. Last place that you should definitely be looking is in, you know, your kind of uh, your, your course dashboard experience. What are the questions that students are asking? What questions are they asking you either via email or, or inside the course forum? And what are they asking one another? And use those questions as an indicator as to what they care about and try to steer your course in that direction. Fantastic. It's like a, a plant or a tree that's growing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're if you're an author and you publish a book, it's pretty hard, right? That's a little bit set in stone and it's very hard to iterate on a book that's out there. If you have an online course, this is something that you can really craft and and evolve over time, especially if there are new changes that are being made to your course uh, or to your topic. You create a, a course on digital marketing, that course is stale tomorrow. That's part of why Udemy exists, right? To have a very rapid, high pace of courses that fill those needs of skills gaps that are moving quickly. But you should think of your course as something that can also be a part of that. So add new lectures over time as new hot topics pop up. If you started an email marketing course a couple years ago, but now there are different digital marketing channels that are relevant and exciting, you know, evolve your course so that it walks that path. Okay. I love this. I love this. And uh, what's, uh, what's stage number five? So stage five is promotion, whether it's Udemy or anywhere else online. I think the reality of any self-publishing platform is that being a content creator and definitely being a course creator or an instructor are not spectator sports. So um, while you know, we're proud of the fact that Udemy is a big marketplace, we have 3 million students today all over the world who are taking courses, you can definitely carve out in a very passive way a slice of that traffic. If you want to be your most powerful instructor, you're going to need to be both an instructor and a marketer. So this means being out there, creating you know, blog posts around your course topic, driving some traffic, fiddling around with other channels, maybe posting some of your, your uh, videos on YouTube as uh, a funnel way to actually drive traffic to your course. But this is all about kind of being out there and being an active marketer, um, you know, making some noise so that your brand starts to get out there and gain some momentum. Okay, so is this something that, that people have to, they should know before they come to Udemy? Or is this something that Udemy can help with in terms of promotion and telling them, kind of giving, giving people like, a, I guess, a map of how to actually promote their course? So the nice thing about Udemy is it's a pretty flexible platform. And as I mentioned, we're working with some folks who are doing this for the first time and have no audience and other folks who've been doing it for a long time and have, you know, tens of thousands of YouTube or Twitter followers. They have kind of a natural built-in audience. And so uh, the nice thing about the community is we have those folks and we have everybody in between. And part of our role as, as Udemy, as, as kind of the platform, is to distill down what's working from all of our best partners and help equip you with those. So we actually have a woman on our team, Danielle Leslie, whose day job is to just find great tactics that are new and fresh in work and deliver those to our new instructors. So you don't have to know it in advance as long as you're hungry and excited and willing to test out new things. We can help you find the recipe that's going to work for your specific content, your specific audience, and your business model. 
Absolutely. This is great. <laughs> Fantastic. So we're right on time here. But before we go, I wanted to talk a little bit about Udemy specifically. But uh, one thing I find really interesting here is that all of this can be applied to just setting up an ebook or a course on your own site. The problem, though, is that especially for someone who's never done a course before, is that's going to be very challenging in terms of how to track. I mean, you mentioned analytics. That's, that sounds, to me, that sounds like that sounds fantastic. So there's a lot of different things that Udemy is going to make uh, very, very easy and very simple. So I really like that. But I'm curious, what sort of numbers do people, uh, you know, do uh, people seeing on Udemy if they set up a course, what can they really expect from it? How much money are they going to make? How long will it take to do it? All that sort of stuff. Um, so good questions. And, and as you might imagine, with a big uh, audience on the supply side, it's it's a broad range. But just to give you a bit of a sense of the spectrum of what a course looks like and what success looks like on Udemy, you know, the, the average course is, uh, you know, the shortest course is 30 minutes. The longest course is 130 hours. The average course is probably something in the two to four hour range. It's mostly based in video content. And for that average course, I'd say, you know, there are free courses on Udemy. There are also courses that are $1,000. But that average course is usually priced somewhere in the, you know, $70 to $100 range. Um, when you actually think about what success means for instructors, uh, you know, we're pretty proud of the fact that there are instructors who've done extraordinarily well on Udemy. Uh, we have over 50 instructors who've made more than $50,000 with their courses. Our top instructor has made uh, multiple millions. And, you know, the average instructor uh, on Udemy has made about $7,000, a little over $7,000. So, you know, there's definitely some real money that can be made. At the same time, if you wanted to create a free course, you just want to get your message out there really broadly. We're more than happy to be a platform that helps you do that in a very quick, efficient, scalable way. Very cool. All right, we're right on time here, Frank. Before we go, though, uh, give people a heads up. Where's the best place to go if they want to, you know, get more information on Udemy and maybe even sign up and create their first course? Absolutely. We're, we're firm believers that anyone can be an expert and anyone can teach online. I think democratizing education from the supply side is, is going to be the future. And so whether you are creating your personal brand, trying to build a course as a part of your content strategy, I would definitely encourage you to come to udemy.com. And in specific, if you're looking to uh, potentially create a course, go to udemy.com slash teach. And uh, no matter what you are an expert in, uh, if you can dream it, you can teach it on Udemy. Thanks a lot, John. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.